The University of Kansas Health System is proud to be the official healthcare provider of the Kansas City Current. From youth athletes to the pros, we put player care first to turn their dreams into reality. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash kccurrent. You're in the zone. Ah, yes. The peppermint mochas are flowing. The snow is just sort of standing. The wind, that's still cold. But it's in a festive way here this holiday season. Merry Christmas, happy candle nights, joyous festivus, happy Hanukkah, whatever may be the thing giving you a little holiday cheer this time of year. Uh, I have a whole lot sort of colliding right around this time of the season. Some of it we'll get into today. Some of it we'll get to maybe never. But nothing Nothing can take all that joy away from me. Not even watching Zach Wilson play football. That, and that's how you know. That's how you know that this, this season means a lot to me. That I'm not messing around when it gets cold out and all of a sudden we're talking about ho-ho-hos and all of that. I like this time of year. Not even that Thursday night football game, which I'm not going to spend much of our show time talking about today. Not even that can steal my joy. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Jason Anderson is out today. The Drake on the other side of the glass as Beards is out as well. Uh, this is really the uh, the holiday crew. I feel like Drake has been sitting in that chair over there for literally like six straight days. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Have you seen your family? Uh, actually, not, not, not really. Okay. I mean, they're all home. My, my kids are both home from school. Um... They are often out with their significant others, so, you know, maybe a couple minutes a day. Well, your beard's looking great. Oh, thank you. I think much. this might be the time of your um, baseball protest beard, which is how I view it. You're protesting a lack of Major League Baseball. No, it's not a protest. It's it just, like a protest. It's just, if there's no baseball, that's the sign that it's winter and to keep your face warm in winter, especially on a day like today. Perfect When you've got a day. driving wind and a negative temperature. A beard is important. It's great. It's I, I made a pretty rash decision a couple of weeks ago to bring the beard in pretty substantially. It it is at a point now where I, I was able to like walk we we were we've had our Thursday night football watch parties out at the uh, the Hollywood Casino this year. Last one was, was last night. And uh, I was able to like walk from my car into the doors and back again and not have my face completely turned blue at any point. That was I. I credit my pretty mediocre beard for that. I did run into a store yesterday to get a couple last-minute gift things, partially because I've lost track of what I've already gotten and what I haven't, because they're all <laughs> wrapped and I don't remember what's what. But my my sunglasses froze to my face. Um, huh. That was uh, my beard didn't help with that. But uh, I found out last night. I don't. This wasn't where I thought we'd start the show, but that's how I know we're in a good place. <laughs> Uh, last night, it, our uh, our bedroom is, is just always very cold in the winter, and, and the the house is, it's an older house, but like everything in it was renovated, pretty much except for what I can tell, the windows. So, draftiness is, I'm a big draft fan in like March, April, and May, in the football variety. I'm not a huge fan of the draftiness when it's like negative 97 degrees out or whatever it was last night, when it's basically the surface of the moon. Uh, but I had bought some curtains recently that I'd forgotten to hang up until it was already far too cold. They just try to like get some real some thermal insulation. So I I lift up the the blinds uh, on the window that's like right by the head of the bed. 
And so the air is so cold. I realize the second thing I notice is that the like storm window on the outside isn't closed. Well, step one right there. That's going to help. That's great news. That was the second thing I noticed. The first thing I noticed was that the entire bottom pane of the window was covered in a thicker coat of ice on the inside than I would have previously considered possible. So I kind of Sherlocked it out some. I ended up getting the hairdryer to kind of defrost it some, which did eventually, yes, cause the glass to crack at the bottom. I had a very cool evening last night, right before bed. I think the glass is staying in where it's supposed to be, but like, you know, it's like the windshield thing, which I'm also dealing with. I can't avoid broken glass at the moment. If you have anything made of glass that you treasure, keep it away from me until it's 65 degrees out. But so now I'm just like, I'm, I'm sitting on the bed with a hairdryer and Renee's holding a, just a bath towel at the bottom of it. We're just, just, just defrosting a, a window pane. Just eventually leading to the cracking and splitting and a realization that there was also ice on the other window in the bedroom. So sort of sleuthing it out. Got a big box fan that just has a filter on the back of it to kind of keep air circulating. And recently, Renee had bought a humidifier for the room. I snore. We can make it smell like peppermint, which once again, I have like a little bit of Buddy the Elf spirit, I guess. I can't eat candy and spaghetti for every meal, which is not why type 1 diabetes is not caused by too much sugar consumption. It's a common misconception. Type 2 kind of is, but that's not the type that I have. I go hard. I go for the top spot every time. Number one or nothing. So I can't take the Buddy the Elf diet of, you know, just like a swig of maple syrup would really complicate my day. But it, I, what I think was happening is that the, the box fan was just sort of blowing humidifier air straight towards that window. There was no meaningful insulation there whatsoever. And I am left asking the question of why, how did I accidentally turn my house into an igloo. I think it's solved now. I've moved the fan. I turned it off yesterday. We've got some like uh, crappy packing tape over the crack part in the window. So if at any point it, you know, just wants to shatter and fall on us, hopefully it won't slip my throat in my sleep. Closing the storm window. That was step is, one. You, you, so that's done. You that's have done. done that. That's okay. done. That's done. I, in, you, believe it or not, Drake, I did that on both windows in the bedroom okay. after I figured that you, out. Have you, got, have you gotten a little tube of caulk at like, Target or Walmart and gone around and, you know, recocked the windows? No, but I should... Now now, should now that, that I have fully closed the windows okay. and have thawed the iced bits of the windows, right. I, I do have a tube of caulk, which I really pronounce that L, yeah. especially on the radio. I, I try real hard, yeah. Um, the caulk! You have to emphasize that. <laughs> and the U. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 but the first apartment I lived in in Kansas City and moved here in 95 uh, was down on Southwest Trafficway. And it was so old that we couldn't have a lit candle because huh. it was that drafty. Oh, they, no. They would blow out. And it was really not a good situation. No, that seems, yeah, that seems not ideal. I guess we're not quite there. And I do think the curtain, there's just like a full like blackout curtain kind of over the front of it. I feel at least a little bit better about sure, now. Help. Because it at least puts, it just puts something between us. It's. I thought about like hanging a blanket. But, well, actually, they make thicker curtains than the ones that we had. That was a surprise that I had last night. Here's the other 
non-sports thing. We've got our usual Friday lineup. In fact, I just got word that the one and only Kendall Gammon is in fact planning on coming in studio with us today. So, as far as I know, Matt Derrick, Kendall Gammon, Mick Schaefer, all in studio with us over the course of the show today. What could we talk to Kendall Gammon about this week? I can't think of anything. I did forget to mention, I was telling you audio earlier, uh, Drake, there is actually also a clip in there. I don't need it just yet, but maybe maybe around uh, noonish, there was a clip, I believe it's just labeled Colquitt-Kindlegammon. No reason that that came up at all. I always have a really hard time finding things to talk to Kindle about. Um, frankly, don't really enjoy talking to the guy. Don't find him very fun. Very serious person. Angry man. Hard to talk to. None of those things are true. None of them. Especially not, what are we going to talk to him about this week? No, I, I have uh, really enjoyed getting to talk to Kendall over the course of this football season. Uh, and now that Jason's out of the way, we can really talk about kicky leaks. And drafty windows. And drafty windows. Brought to you by DraftKings. I wish I could get a risk-free window repair. So anyway, Matt Derrick, Kendall Gammon, Mick Schaefer, genuinely three of my absolute favorite people to talk to. They'll be in studio um, over the course of the show today. And I've got some Chief Seahawk stuff I, I want to hit here in a second. But here's my one other sort of big picture, this part of the holiday season thing that I'm, I'm probably going to need. Um, I'm going to need some guidance on. Uh, and gratefully for you, Drake, and not Beards, because if it was Beards, I wouldn't even ask him for his input on this. But... I am rapidly approaching 30. It's coming faster every year, it seems. Closer every year. Today I turned 28. I'm not that anxious about 30. Maybe it's because like, when I started working here, there were people here who were 30 and were still like younger than most of the other people here. Maybe it's because Nate Bucati works here and I've never known how old he is. It's imp- he's impossible to gauge. I think it's twelve. He could be, he could be fifteen to to uh, sixty five. I guess I really don't know. It's impossible to tell. But I've been trying to kind of figure out: do I need do I need to predict a midlife crisis that I already have it? I don't know how much life there is, you know. Generally speaking, I think if I was really going to look, I feel like. The 33, 34 range, those numbers start getting... But at that point, I don't, even, I don't even know if it means anything. I'm not clinging to any particular, like, youthful number. I can rent a car, and my insurance rates have gone down. So I think things that are based on my age have more or less finished off. 28 doesn't feel like a terribly eventful number. My mom, if you're listening, um, I turn it off for 30 seconds. My mom used to always, quote-unquote, joke that she was uh, 29 plus however many years there were after that, but she would always lead with 29. I don't think she liked the 30 round number thing. It's been a while since she's made that joke, considering that I am now 28. Do I, need to, do I just need to continue that legacy from her? I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what I need to navigate around here. And my mom is texting me, so she is, as soon as, the, uh, as soon as the delay hits the stream, she is going to hear that story, which is really too bad. Unless she listened and turned it down for 30 seconds when I suggested it. What should, what should, I, be, what should I be paying attention to, Drake? I trust your judgment. Uh, I know that sounds like a mistake, but I really do. 
saving. Okay. That's good. That's important. Anything more actionable? Uh, that is actionable. Mm. Saving, yeah. Not spending. That's another one. That's one of my favorite things to do, actually, is, yeah. not, is not spending money. Yeah. Uh, and saving, really. Yeah, there's somebody who's 50 now and whose you know, parents uh, retired at 57, and I thought, wow, I'll be able to retire before that if they were able to do that. And now I'm like, I did what? <laughs> One of my dear friends is Seth Kaiser of the sure. Athletic Chief North Newsletter, frequent guest across these airwaves. I believe he's going to be on uh, on the program when Sterling Holmes is filling in uh, on Monday. I, I believe. I don't want to spoil that, but I guess I did. I'll be here for that. God, what you're just yeah because you, because when are you not? One other thing that I'm pretty sure I've figured out: monetarily, stress levels, all of that. Don't worry about the great reward of it all. But I feel like the the real shortcut to that is just don't have kids. Right now, Renee and I have Scout the Dog and temporarily three possums. I'm sorry. I've got a brief Twitter thread that I need to continue updating. But uh, but Renee volunteers at a place called uh, Wild Souls... Wildlife Rescue, I believe, is the full title. She's been volunteering there for um, multiple years now. Drake's head is in his hands. I just looked back over, and I just saw head in hands, and I thought, well, I wonder where this story is going to leave Drake. And so uh, she's been volunteering there for a, long, for, for a long time now, and a while back, we, um, we did a, a, a release back into the wild with some, some little possums when it was warmer out. And it's it's wonderful, you know. You 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 move them from the clinic where they've been taken care of after usually the mom possum or whatever gets hit by a car, and they get a call, and they go out and they get the babies, and then they you know get the babies healthy, and then release them back into the wild. They do it for lots of various um, regional wildlife: raccoons, squirrels, skunks, groundhogs. My favorite of the possums. Why not? I mean, they eat their weight in ticks. They eat a ton of ticks. They're immune to snake and scorpion venom slash poison. Um, they are actually wonderful. They freak people out when they open their mouth real big, which also they do when they yawn, which I've now seen them do multiple times. It's adorable. But so right now we have we have these possums for what is called an extended pre-release because you want to, you give them like an acclimation period before you let them out fully into the wild. So you, you know, feed them a little bit, give them some water, and then eventually you just like open the open the cage and they wander off and go back into their wild lives. It's really wonderful. But these possums were born too late in the uh, in the spring, I guess, and so they're just not. This is my term, not Renee's term or the rescue's term. These possums just aren't quite thick enough. Two C's. These possums aren't quite thick enough to be out there on their own in the wintertime. They wouldn't have made it. So we have the extended pre-release of feeding them and taking care of them as they get a little older, a little thicker, and then once it starts warming up, we get them out into the wild before mating season happens, and then bada-bing, bada-boom, we've put a few more possums into the world. Uh, It is, I gotta tell you, so I posted some videos and some pictures and stuff in this one particular Twitter thread with some more of the information and everything. Please, I'll make it my pinned tweet at some point. I need to post some new stuff soon. 
because they're just a, they're just an absolute treat to just you just give them a little sweet potato, you crack an egg in their little food bowl, they stuff their nose in it and lick the egg bits out and whatnot. They're just wonderful little critters. Also, America's only marsupial. Got a little pouch in there. Keep the babies in a pouch. No other animal native to uh, North America does that. What a fun crit- what a fun critter. So currently, we are taking care of these three little goblin kittens, which I believe was something that I just mentioned as a simple matter of fact, uh, as an alternative method to caring for living beings in your life, potentially preferring possums to children, which I don't think would be be a terribly controversial opinion. I mean... I think it was more the expense of possums versus the expense of children was where you went. Uh, maybe that's where you went. But I'm guessing that's where most people would have went. I'm really enjoying these possums. And I, you can't put a kid in a cage outside and just leave for six hours. It's the real benefit of the, of the mammals. The four-legged little critters. Give them some food and water and a place, to, a place to poop. In the possums' case, marsupials. That's right. So anyway, we won't, we won't have them. They're not pets. We will not have them permanently. But we are just giving them a place to bulk up before we send them back out in the spring. It's been, a, it's been an excellent uh, experience. Again, so the videos that I've tweeted out a couple, I'll, I'll tweet out some more. The sounds they make when they chew. It's hard to explain. why I don't know why it gives me so much joy. But just giving them their food... And then standing back and just listening and then go chomp, 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 like a, like, like a ticket muncher, <laughs> you know, like at a Chuck E. Cheese. That's sort of what they sound like, but then they, but they just are little, uh, little, little, I don't know, fluff balls with the, you know, their tail has like scales on it. They don't I like shed them. Do. But they... my, my dog brought a dead one to the back porch one time. Uh, so I picked it up to put it in the trash can and that's when I realized it was not dead. That's what I thought. Did you kill this possum, or did you set it free, uh, or was it mortally no, wounded? No, it uh, it uh, it made its way out of out of my tenuous grasp <laughs> and fled. <laughs> but yeah, I picked it up by the tail because I thought it was dead, and it was. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, playing possum. That's what they do. That's fantastic. I had no idea. Do you know that their their spinal cord? I know a lot about possums now. Not as much as Renee does, but I've absorbed a decent amount. Their spinal cord runs all the way through their tail. So it you, you can apparently, like, if there's, like, an emergency situation, this is not animal handling advice, but, like, their their tail, won't, as you learned, won't just, like, rip out or whatever. But it's a, it's a common misunderstanding that they don't, like, hang from them. It's not a prehensile tail, but they do use it for... Um, grabbing like bedding material or, or you know leaves in our case recently newspaper they roll in and then burrow into their little area in their little drawer or whatever a little cardboard box but they, but they will play dead they will more than Officer Krupke <laughs> more than playing Officer Krupke Robin Lopez would never make it as a possum that's what we've learned yep sometimes you gotta listen to all the shows to get all the references I'm, I'm not going to explain that one Well, we covered pretty much everything I hope to get to over the course of four hours in today's show. Uh, In the meantime, I guess we could take a commercial break, sort sort some things out. Believe it or not, I have several thoughts about Chief Seahawks. Um, I'm also curious 
I don't mean to alarm anybody, and it's really a bummer that this is the show that Jason's not here for. But upon further review, is Mizzou basketball good? I just wanted to at least mention that real quick, because I'm not sure. Honestly, our Mizzou expert today will be Matt Derrick, so I'll ask him about it. But is Mizzou, is Mizzou basketball maybe kind of good? Is this thing happening? That would be for Jason to, to truly be able to tell you about um, from the, the spot in his heart that, that he can both believe and doubt what his eyes are showing him. Um, I'm not that emotionally invested, though, so I, I have a general uh, hunch at this point as to where all these all these uh, local basketball teams stand. But we're going to lean into the football today because Chief Seahawks is a game tomorrow Saturday football. We'll uh, talk about a little bit of that whenever we come back here in the zone. You're in the zone. It's the zone here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Joshua Briscoe, the Drake on the other side of the glass. Jason Anderson out today. Beards McFly out today. Me and Drake, though, here in studio with you. Did I ask yesterday everybody's favorite Christmas movie? Or I just asked I just asked what Jason's was, I guess. Um I haven't I haven't dipped into like any real Christmas movie um well so far I've heard that the Apple TV plus one with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell is is like weird and pretty good I, I think it's called spirited or something I, I haven't uh, I haven't had a chance to to tune in yet but I was just I don't know why that is what came to mind as we were about I swear we're gonna talk about Chief Seahawks but I was just thinking I haven't watched it's a wonderful life yet that was usually a pretty a pretty constant I think I need a year or two off from elf probably yeah I, I used to always watch Christmas movies around Christmas and we really haven't year in a couple of years and I don't really know why and I don't know just kind of felt the uh, maybe I've seen them enough I don't know yeah humbug yeah that's what I just heard that's kind of happening I, I but I think there is something to maybe this is why I'm enticed by the by the I'm gonna just Google and see if it's actually called Spirited. Just because it's new and you haven't seen it a hundred times. Right? Yeah. Is yeah. So it's called Spirited. Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds. It whatever. I haven't watched any of it. I've heard that it's pretty good. But it, how long has it been since we've added a new like classic rewatchable Christmas movie? Elf. Probably. It might be Elf. I don't know when the Santa Claus movies came out. I've also heard mixed reviews on the TV show on Disney Plus from that. So I haven't given that any any real effort but it feels like you only get like one new definitive christmas movie per like decade and i feel like maybe we're overdue this does not qualify in the conversation of like the hallmark movies that tend come out every year and i those don't do anything for me but that's just the same movie right it's the same movie with different actors and sometimes the same actors that that christmas movie industrial complex is incredible we could do four hours on a couple of them they make here in town Oh really? Yeah. Are they casting? Do you think, or I don't know, because I don't really watch them, but I'd happily be in one. You never, you never know which Christmas movie is going to be the one that makes fifty billion dollars over the next fifty years. So that seems like a, you know, fair thing to take a shot at. If I hear about them casting a Christmas movie here in Kansas City that's looking for possums, I'll let you know. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that seems only fair. If I could, if you would just let me know if you hear of Christmas movies happening in Kansas City, and then it just put in a just casually. You ever think about putting some possums in this movie? Just see what they say, because you might. The power of suggestion. I mean, it's it's so powerful. 
You know what could make this Christmas movie stand out? Imagine. Turn on the Hallmark Channel. You click on, the, you click on your guide. You're scrolling through. And you see Christmas for possums. Tell me you're not going to at least click on it. Tell me you're not going to click it and just see what it's about. I think this is a great idea. They can come down the chimney. They can keep candy oh. canes in their pouches. Oh, you know. it's perfect. A little possum with a, just a, a pouch full of tiny presents for other possums. Santa wouldn't even need his big, his big bag. Or are the reindeer possums? Or we could talk about Chief Seahawks. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, we'll have Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports, Todd Levo here in about 15 minutes, Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest, and Kendall Gammon coming up at 11 and 12, respectively, before Mick Schaefer of KSHB rolls in uh, around uh, whenever we wrap up with Kendall. So we'll, we'll get to a lot of Chiefs Seahawks. There's a couple things about this game um, that I, I think are interesting within the realm of a football game that, I mean, it involves the Kansas City Chiefs, so saying it's going to be a weird game is pretty much useless analysis because anyone can and should and will give you that much but it's at least true the the last time the Chiefs and Seahawks played it wasn't a great effort particularly in the DK Metcalf department I believe delivering a borderline baptism at the time to Charvarius Ward what's funny now is that Charvarius Ward versus DK Metcalf this season was like a prize fight. Ward's been really good. I got a couple of cornerback stats I, I want to bring up uh, at some point because it's a it's an interesting development for a couple of the young rookies. And also, Charvarius Ward's really acquitted himself very well. But looking specifically at this matchup, and now Tyler Lockett's not playing in this game, and so it's just DK Metcalf. We were talking about this in, uh, in Times R's on The Athletic yesterday, and so I'm, I'm, I'm copying some notes. But figuring out what Steve Spagnuolo is going to do and how the Seahawks are going to react to that, specifically surrounding DK Metcalf, in, in the Seahawks' offense, with, with Geno Smith having played some really good football this year that, that hasn't exactly held up at an MVP level, but it certainly held up at a more than adequate level. If you look at how the Chiefs typically treat a number one wide receiver, they generally just kind of roll the ball out there and say, all right, we're going to, here's how our defense matches up. You go ahead and send your receivers wherever you want. And we will essentially let you pick the matchups, which is a dangerous place to be, right? That's the uh, the athletic football show uh, little line that I've been um, bringing back to to the show here this whole football season of holding the pin last in the NFL. You want to hold the pin last because you're making the final adjustments to the other team's adjustments. That's happening at the line of scrimmage, but you're trying to figure out how to set that up for your best interest in any number of ways. Anyway, I I say all of that wondering what the Geno to DK connection will look like if the Chiefs, as is generally their style, if they just say, we got Legereus Snee going inside-outside, we got Trent McDuffie over here, 
And you can have Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams, whichever of the two is kind of getting the bulk of the work at the time. But that's CB3. You need to go four. You can put all four of those guys on the field. Cool. But if that is the case, this becomes a a matchup game. Or at least that matchup becomes a potential game swinger. Because you have the Seahawks deciding, hey, you know what? Go ahead and give us, go ahead and give us DK on your more lowly drafted rookie of the two that could be out there, obviously with McDuffie being the, the first round pick they traded up for. He's been excellent. Without Tyler Lockett, the, the Chiefs can survive that. But I am very much left wondering what the plan is going to be. Even as Justin Reed has quietly played some pretty good football and as Juan Thornhill has not as quietly had a couple of issues. The secondary is sort of a sort of a Rorschach test at times. Because on on post game, you know, people will who are ready to move on from Steve Spagnuolo, which is a thing you can arrive at reasonably. I don't think everyone who wants a different defensive coordinator has totally lost their minds or anything. But sometimes people call in and say this team can't develop defensive ends, which has been true over the course of really <laughs> Andy Reid's time here. I mean, I, that's not, I don't think it's Andy Reid's fault, but Bob Sutton, Steve Spagnuolo, what's the what's the biggest success story from the edge that they've had? They're certainly hoping it's George Karloftis, but did you see the big signing news of yesterday? Big, 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 big news. Breland Speaks has signed with the Michigan Panthers of the USFL. Call that an old friend alert right there. I have a whole theory about how all the Chiefs defensive end problems can all go back to the one domino of trading up the draft Breland Speaks, but I don't. we don't have enough time to sort through all that right now. We'll see if we get there today. But ultimately, the biggest success story of this entire Chiefs roster over the Steve Spagnuolo era, quarterback notwithstanding, and certainly on defense, the biggest success story has been the corners because it was Rashad Fenton as a sixth-round pick, Legarius Sneed as a fourth-round pick, and now they go actually do invest at corner, trading up to get Trent McDuffie, who's been stupendous. Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams have both been values in their own right, with Watson being the guy who got on the field first, despite being the lower draft pick. It, it really has been a point of, of pride and strength for this defense. I think they'll survive it, but it does allow the Seahawks to pick where DK Metcalf lines up who he matches up against. And this, I might not need to tell you to do this because you might have done this instinctively. I probably would have. But when the Seahawks are on offense tomorrow, find DK Metcalf, find who he's matched up against, and then let's see how things go. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think the Seahawks are going to score plenty of points. I think the Chiefs will score just enough points. I think nine and a half is... It seems like a totally unreasonable point spread to me, but I always overbet on the Seahawks and the Chiefs never cover, so this is a real catch-22. I don't know if it's a win-win or a lose-lose, but it's something-something. 
Because these are two these are two reads that I get wrong on the lines all the time. I haven't won a Seahawks bet in like two months, which is about how long it feels like it's been since the Chiefs have covered. It's not true, but it's kind of what it feels like. So I will be very curious to see how that one particular straw that essentially stirs the Seahawks drink ends up impacting really everything. That That is what makes any of these matchups so enticing. However, I'm going to get this, uh, I'm going to get this chart up for you because it's also what could give you some hope as to where this Chiefs defense is going and frankly, just where it already has arrived. I, I, I don't, I don't have the, this is annoying. I thought I had this open in a tab still, the PFF, uh, it's a, it's a separation grade charted out from uh, from all the corners in the NFL. Sauce Gardner before last night's game, I don't think it would have changed from that. Sauce Gardner's the best in the league. Number tr- number two is Trent McDuffie. Traverius Ward is five or six, and it's. Joshua Williams, or excuse me, it's Jalen Watson, I believe, uh, landing at number 11. I've got to get the actual chart up so I can just give you the numbers. I'm going to fail to do that. We'll circle back again on the cornerback conversation with Matt Derrick as well. But with McDuffie at two and this sort of platoon of rookies that they've been zigzagging back and forth between with Watson and Williams. The Chiefs have gotten excellent, excellent work out of their young corners this year. And it's going to be an interesting test to see what they do with DK Metcalf. Because if it's Legereus Sneed, you feel fine about it. If it's, if it's um, Trent McDuffie, you should feel great about it. And just see how they handle those tests. If it's Watson or Williams, every rep this NFL season is a learning experience but the playoffs are almost here, so the learning needs to turn into production. But really, for both of those guys, they've been more productive than even I expected, and I thought Spags and this crew would have them pretty well ready to go. We'll keep an eye on that for Chiefs Seahawks on Saturday. We'll also keep an eye on a busy NFL weekend. Todd Lebo's conversation with Lee Sterling coming up next here in The Zone. You're in The Zone. It is a red Friday on a cold day in Kansas City, and it's an interesting Friday because the game is tomorrow. We're going to have games on Christmas Eve with the Chiefs and the Seahawks. But it's time to get our bets in with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports as we do each and every week, whether the Chiefs are playing on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Lee, you're in a giving, giving mood this holiday season. I am. I want everyone to get involved. So what I'm going to do is normally have to be a monthly or season subscriber to get on board this time of the year. And What a year we've had, uh, 14 out of 18 winning weeks. So you want to hop on board 10 days. Everything we've got in the NFL, every college bowl release that I've got, every basketball release, and every hockey release, and both those sports are rolling just $97. That's right. You heard me correct. Not $297 or $397, just $97. We will text you the selections weekends after right between probably 10, 10, 30 in the morning, and then uh, on the uh, weekdays by 1 o'clock. So, uh you want to hop on board, we'll text you these selections. Ten days, 
$97, less than $10 a day, ParamountSports.com, or call 800-400-9741. That is awesome. Thank you very much to all of our listeners for that. Let's talk about some games. It's a, it's a big week. The, game, the games get bigger as we go. Last week was such a competitive week in the NFL. Only a couple of games were, were 10-point games or more. So this is, this is where you need to know what's up, and that's what Lee Sterling is going to help us with. Let's talk Baltimore and Atlanta right now. The Ravens are, had been kind of surviving. They took a tough one last week, but they're seven-point favorites against the Falcons. The Ravens are still trying to win their division. Here's what's crazy, Todd. Seven games, the totals are posted under 40. Never seen this before. I think the last time was all the way back in 2011. So weather going to be a factor. It's going to be cold. A lot of places is going to be rain. And not great offenses. A lot of young quarterbacks. This is a game where really these two quarterbacks that will probably start the game were not starters early in the season. So uh, they're going to have trouble, I think, completing passes down the field. Uh, Baltimore, I don't think, can be trusted to cover uh, this kind of margin. In fact, uh, they've only produced two touchdowns in the last three weeks, and you want to lay seven points. Are you kidding me? Uh, the Ravens wide receivers, only six touchdown catches the entire season here so you have two of the top three running teams both quarterbacks can run the ball um i I just think that the falcons which have lost seven games by seven or fewer points here um they're going to keep it close and they remain alive here uh in the weekend nfc south division despite a five and nine record here i think baltimore wins a game something like 16 13 but I'll take the seven in Atlanta. Yeah, nearly everyone is involved still. You think, how are the Falcons still involved? Well, they're involved because the South stinks. That's the way it is. All right, so the Dolphins are finally back home. They they were on the road, and it was not a great magical mystery tour for them. They're getting a Packers team who still, you know, they're they're not going to win their division, but they're fighting. They're wanting to get involved in the the playoff hunt. They got a win against, uh, you know, the Rams on Monday. Do the Packers have anything for the Dolphins this week? Okay, so we get kind of a turnaround here. Miami had probably one of the toughest three-game stretches anyone's had to play in a long, long time. All three on the road on the West Coast at the 49ers. They stayed out West, then lost to the Chargers, and then had to go on the short week to play the Bills. But in that loss, they looked really good. They put up 29 points. In fact, if you watch the tape on the winning drive for the Bills, the official is throwing a flag for pass interference before there's even contact. Crazy. So uh, Miami certainly got the short end of the stick there. Officiating a couple other games uh, were decided by some really poor officiating. Now Green Bay, they got to play on the short week here. And, uh, yeah, they're not playing a team like uh, Baker Mayfield and a bunch of JV wideouts. They're going to play uh, Cheetah and also Jalen Waddle. These guys are playing at a high level. Weather should be perfect, one of the few places here. And so Miami's going to be happy to be home. They're 8-6. and six. They want to get a nice or, should we say, a better wild card matchup here. I think they win this game here comfortably, 30-20 to 20 over Green Bay. All right, there won't be any weather involved with the Colts. They're on Monday night, and they're at home. They're in a dome, so they got no weather issues there. But how does this team mentally recover from the disaster they had against the Vikings last week, blowing the biggest lead in the history of football against the Charger team, who looks like they've turned the corner right now? Yeah, and people were talking for a week or two about Jeff Saturday magic. I mean, that is all gone right now. Uh, give up 33 points in the fourth quarter to the Cowboys two weeks ago and then blow that 33 to nothing halftime lead is, is, is just unimaginable. So 
Uh, I don't know how they're going to do it here. Uh, they're on a one and seven straight up run, three and five against the spread here. The last eight games, no Jonathan Taylor. He's done for the year. They're going to make a quarterback change here. Uh, I, I mean, going to Folk, I, I don't think that's going to help them be any better here. Justin Herbert, three straight 300-yard passing games here. They're finally getting healthy. And what used to be their bugaboo was their kicking game. Not this year. They're 26 for 28 in field goals, and they've made all 32 extra points. I think the Chargers are the right side, 27-16. Don't look now, but the Cincinnati Bengals are red hot. They continue to win. And all the talk around here is, can the Chiefs catch the Bills for the number one seed? Well, if the Bengals went out, they're going to have the number one seed because they get to play the Bills next week. But in the in between here, they're going to be at New England. This probably won't be great weather. It's going to be a little bit nasty. But they're a three-point favorite on the road against the Patriots, who are also one of those teams reeling from a disaster last week. Oh, yeah. And, and the 77 Patriots uh, are desperate. Uh, they've lost a couple games in a row here. They're on the outside looking in in the playoffs here. Cincinnati. Uh, looks to win a second trade road game. That's tough to do in the NFL. And and what we see is a matchup here that might favor, believe it or not, the Patriots. Their, their pass rush against a still weak Cincinnati offensive line. Matthew Judon is incredible. And then underrated Josh Uche. These two guys coming from the outside, I, I think they're going to have a big game here. Uh, poor weather, got to run the football. I think New England does that better here. I think this is a trap play. The country is going to be all over Cincinnati here, laying the three points. Um, I think New England here is going to cover the spread. I think Cincinnati wins 27-26, but New England plus the three points. Well, if New England just can find a way to get to overtime, maybe they'd have a chance to win. That was yeah. something last week, man. I don't. I've never in my life have I seen a play like that, and uh, they're they're going to have to get themselves over that one. All right, we've got the Chiefs. You know what? You know what? That's what that's what makes the NFL so great. That's why we watch each and every week and every game. Oh, you never know what you're going to see. You're exactly right. There was some wild things happening this past week, including the Chiefs winning in overtime against a team that only had one win, and they had to walk it off in overtime with Jarek McKinnon. So they're back home. They had a three-game road trip as well. They're back home. It's going to be Christmas Eve. they got Seattle in town. It's a big number, though. We're talking nine and a half, ten points for the Chiefs. That's a pretty big number against a pretty good Seattle team that's going to be motivated. Yeah, they'll be motivated, and, and they just have not gotten a break here. So uh, lost a lot of close games here. Uh, they'll face, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes, number one in passing yards, 4,496 4, yards uh, on the season. Also number one in TDs, 35 this year. But since week two, Kansas City 10-3 straight up, but an awful 2-10-1 against the spread. They're also 0-5-1 against the spread, length seven or more points. Seattle, cold weather, I think they have possibly the better running attack here with Kenneth Walker. A lot of people play a running back coming back in the team the first game back. I like them the second game. Seattle also an extra three days to prepare heal up for this game. Then Kansas City wins again, 34-30, but Seattle covers the double-digit spread. All right, that sounds good. Lee, you've got a game of the week for us that's got some intrigue as well because Jalen Hurts doesn't look like he's going to play in this one, and you've got great specials for us at Paramount Sports. Yep, they want to get the Dallas-Philly game for free. Just call 800-400-9741. We'll give them the game for free. This is a big game here. Philly wants to keep rolling even without Jalen Hurts. Dallas, I mean, <laughs> tough luck loss in overtime to Jacksonville. They want, they're not going to win the division, but they want to get a high seed as a wild card. 
uh, and, and possibly play a home game there. So you want to get this winner, call 800-400-9741. And like we said, the special, never done this before over the holidays. It's all three sports. That's right, football, basketball, and hockey. You're going to probably average seven, eight, nine games a day, just $97. That's right, not 297 or 397 just $97. We'll text you the plays each and every day. Just one place, ParamountSports.com, or you can order here through the office, 800-400-9741. Awesome stuff, Lee. Good luck this week. Thanks so much. That's Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, 800-400-9741, ParamountSports.com. More Zone coming up next on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You're in the zone.